Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy, crime, LGBT, thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery with your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver. And our word on KCB 106.5 FM Los Angeles, 102.3 FM Riverside, and 1050 AM Palm Springs. You're in the House of Mystery. I'm Al Warren, and of course, with me is uh, Joe Usinski. Hey, Joe. Hey, hey, Al. How you doing? You know, I'm doing fine. I've, I'm all shot up and ready for the world. I'm ready for disease. <laughs> Me too, and I did it exactly backwards this year. I got the flu, and then I got the flu shot. Oh. So um, I guess I'm doubly protected from this year's uh, flu virus. <laughs> yeah, but what are, what are the, you know, uh, you're not supposed to be getting these uh, these shots. There's there's something wrong with them. They're, they're bad for you. They're mind control. <laughs> Well, I'm happy to get as many as they want to give me because I don't want to get sick. So, um, and I've never had an adverse side effect, and I don't think the government's stealing my thoughts. But who knows? <laughs> they can have mine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I'm in the newspapers and radio enough that if they want to know what I think, they can just you know read a paper. They don't need to put a chip in me. Well, maybe the government doesn't read. <laughs> they don't know how to read. <laughs> and remember, the dark state are aliens that run the deep state, so the dark yeah. state can't read English. Yeah, we don't know English. We can only suck your brain thoughts That's out. That's right. Maybe we're just food. And... Actually, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm ready. No, see if I get uh, pneumonia this year. I've had it the last three years in a row. So, well, I ha I've been getting the flu shot. I got it this year because I, I actually went to, to get the shot, and then they were making me wait so long, I got angry and walked out, and then my boss had the flu, and I caught it from him, so that tells me something about patience. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. And then, so I had the flu for a week or two, got over it, and then went, went and got the shot just to be doubly sure. Um, so I'm ready. I haven't had it since, uh, 20, 2014 or 2015, but, you know, yeah. but I don't want to get it again. Well, they, they should have taken some of your blood and start giving it to everybody else, because now you, you must have the antibodies for the new strain. Yeah, and the, uh, and, and the reptilian DNA. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're the man. <laughs> As I was told in an email this morning, I must have Rothschild alien DNA in my blood. So, wow. Well, how would you know that? Could you go to, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 any of those me, t- me and twenty three, or any of those places, and find out if they you have? Re- I. So here's the thing. I could, and I, I am pretty sure that I have Native American heritage. I think more than Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> Um, I'm not joking about that. I'm pretty sure that that's true. So that would be neat if I could confirm that. But I told all my family, I said, don't do it. Um, because what, what the police do now, if they have an unsolved crime, but have DNA, they can go to these companies and then they could just find a family member, then they catch you. So I don't want to be tracked down for the government, by the government for any of the crimes I've committed in the past. Yeah, but you could also be like George Soros, long lost son. That would be good. I mean, if it puts me in line for inheritance, you know, <laughs> sure. Um, you could be my DNA. You could be 23% uh, white, 10% uh, Native American, and 40% serial killer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and well, on the other, well, think about it this way. On the other hand, if I did it, and then the government went and found out that my DNA matches closely um some serial killer i guess it would be in my best interest that if my uncle or somebody was a was a serial killer that they be caught because i don't want to go to the reunion and have them kill me too so <laughs> end up in a suitcase so i guess that's the new thing so what what 23 and me should do is put out a put out an uh, ad that says listen you may be related, you know, with the holidays coming up, and you're going to see a lot of extended family. With the holidays coming up, um, one of your relatives could be a serial killer. Send your DNA into 23andMe, and we'll make sure the government checks and finds out. Um, that way, you won't be at risk. Imagine how many people would send in their, their DNA just to get their weird family members caught. I wonder... Um I wonder about that because, you know, Ancestry.com and CA and all the Ancestry divisions were all Mormon. Oh. And 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 that in itself could be a conspiracy. I know some Mormons that say that um, because their, their idea is to uh, find out all the information about a person and then they baptize for the dead. Hmm. So... Um, you know, just uh, I'm I'm waiting for a big conspiracy on that. Well, you know that they do a lot of medical um, work with the Mormons because they, you know, so they had their own sect and um, they had particular diseases that were latched with their DNA. Um, so when scientists have studied certain diseases, they were able to go look at all the records that the Mormons have kept 
and be able to trace out um, how certain diseases came about, how they're, how they're transmitted. So in that sense, the Mormons actually aided uh, medical science quite a bit because of the way they kept their records. Oh, yeah, I think it's a good thing, just like with the Catholics, but uh, there's something devious behind it. Mm. <laughs> Always. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like the shots, you know. I'm, I'm becoming autistic as we speak. You know, it's funny because I actually believe that if you got the flu shot, it would give you the flu. Like 10 years ago, I believed that. So I never got it. I'm like, I'm never getting this, and it's probably the government going to put something in me because all I watched was the X-Files. So I'm like, this is definitely a scam. Um, but once I had that flu once, I said, I don't want this again. And, can, you know, conspiracy be damned. So now, now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so now when I was gone, or when you were gone, when we were gone, <laughs> I heard uh, I heard some little bit of rumbling about Q and Q online, and I had a few a little bit of a, um, a threatening encounters is the best way I'll call it. Um, overall warning, how's that about Q coming to get me? Which you know I really don't know why. Um, what have you heard about Q then? What's going on there? So that's interesting The Q's coming to get you because there was a uh, psychic online who had a Q vision and it said that I was going to assassinate Q. Um, and that was about uh, three months ago. Um, but I haven't assassinated Q and I don't know who it is. So, <laughs> so I think that psychic vision was incorrect. So. Oh, well, Matt, it must have been Madame Cleo. Yeah. <laughs> it was Philip Michael Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> and he got you. Yeah, he got you. So you kind of, because you got warned, he got warned, so you kind of have to stay low now and get Yeah, him. he's gone into hiding, and now I can't uh, um, assassinate anyone. Well, I so. thought that he was going out of style. I thought Q, QAnon, whatever, I thought that was sort of dissipating, and then all of a sudden I had this little thing this week, and I thought, well... Q, I thought Q was kind of past tense. Well, it's the one-year anniversary. It's been going on for a year, and it's past tense in the sense that we have gone, I think, three weeks now almost exactly without a Q drop. So I think I, I could be wrong, but I was, I was searching all the databases this morning, and it looks like October 9th was the last communique from Q. And it was largely an admonishment of his followers saying you have to be patient um, and sort of explaining why all the things he said were going to come true haven't yet come true. Um, so maybe it's over. And I've read a few articles, one in The Federalist and then one in The Daily Dot today, saying that they have the people who started it and have been doing these cue drops and they've sort of come out about it and and saying that it was them and it was over but again it's there's no way to know because it's so anonymous like how do you know like i could say i'm q but you you can't know that so so i i don't know if it will ever end yeah i just i'm just not sure exactly what q brings to the table in any evidence or stories the only thing i see what he brings is um more distrust of groups that he talks about, like the government. Well, yeah, I think he's he's sort of um, taking advantage of that. 
So you have these views that are already there. I mean, these these people that follow Q already believe in the deep state, already believe in, in all the other stuff that he talks about. He's just mixing it up into a nice cocktail with a little mystery kicker added in and sort of trying to make it look real with some you know weird language that allows people to have fun with it. Um, so that's why it worked. I mean, he didn't change views, I don't think. I think he just excited the people that already had these views. Yeah. Um, kind of strange. Um, so, so we we get into um, the events of the week, and uh, this last week's been kind of brutal for um, murders and attacks in the U.S. And, yeah. So we had the pipe bomber. Yeah. And for the short period of time where we didn't know who it was, we wound up with a lot of false flag conspiracy theories about it, where you had high-profile uh, conservative talkers um, saying that it was a false flag operation intended to swing the election against the Republicans, um, but they said it was really Democrats who were sending these phony bombs to make Trump look bad. You know, they don't need to send bombs to make him look bad. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, come on, you know, support him or not. I mean, this is yeah. not exactly, he, he's not exactly someone that has to uh, work at looking bad. He just does it. So um, now now that we know who it was that did it, um, what, what, what next? So once they found out who did it, those some of those theories still stuck. Um, and I'll give you one example. So uh, James Tracy, the former Florida Atlantic University professor who uh, was one of the pioneers of Sandy Hook conspiracy theories, um, he did a tweet where he talked about the 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 pipe bomber's rap sheet. He's got a long criminal record. And he alluded to the idea that, you know, this guy's been compromised by the government and may very well be working for some, you know, some government agency right now because of his criminal record. And that may, he may have done it on the orders of someone else. So these theories are going to stick with us, right? So even though we know who it is, it doesn't mean that the conspiracy theories go away. It means they just take a different form. Yeah, from our InfoWars affiliate, <laughs> they suggested that uh, it was all set up. Like they said, it's way too easy. Um, the van being covered with uh, all the posters of, of, of Trump and Clinton being shot and all that stuff was just all manufactured for this event. And it It's was all very meta, right? Yeah. Because you have a, a person who's a conspiracy theorist conspiring against the people he doesn't like because he believes they're in a conspiracy against him and then people make up conspiracy theories about that so you have all sorts of conspiracy theory stuff going on um, wrapped up into this really horrible package <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man it's just the whole thing's and and he thought he was going to be a stripper come on look at him and, <laughs> but that's you know that's just my own well, opinion well, I, there was one conspiracy theory that came out that said that he w worked briefly at the same strip club that Stormy Daniels worked at. 
Oh, and was said, he maybe the opening girl? <laughs> yeah, may, yeah, maybe there's a connection there between the two. Oh, don't get that going. <laughs> don't get it's that already going. going. It's already been out there. So. Oh, so Stormy Daniels did it. <laughs> I thought it was Hillary Clinton. She always does these things. Well, it always goes back to that. So, yeah. so we had that, and that was a big thing. And um, then right after that was the the awful shooting up in the synagogue, and that person is in a weird conspiracy space too. So it looks like he believed in these globalist conspiracy theories, but didn't like Trump. He thought Trump was part of the global conspiracy theory, um, working with, I guess, the Rothschilds and the Jews to bring this caravan of foreign invaders in. And I guess that's how we viewed it. Wow. So what exactly do you think what the point would be of going in and shooting up a synagogue and, you know, killing so many if he's got a big caravan to worry about? Like, I'm, I'm trying to picture his thought of what he thought he was going to accomplish. So it's tough to get into the minds of these people because it's not just the conspiracy theory. There's obviously other troubling aspects going on in these people's minds. Um, you know, so the people who are at the point where I need to go to a church and just start shooting, you know, you can get the ideas that were in their heads, right, and try to understand it, but but there's there's other mental deficiencies that are sort of um, agitating them at the same time. So, but the, but the best what we can tell now is that this guy believed that there were globalists who wanted to invade the country, um, and they're sending the caravan. So you have some racism, you have anti-Semitism, um, you have, you know, this fear of outsiders, um, and coupled that with probably, you know, an acceptance of, of violence, and, and, you know, and other things too. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's tough to map this out. Like, I'm someone who would never sort of want to commit any violent acts like that. So to put, I can't put myself in the head of somebody who's like, I just got to go out indiscriminately shooting. I don't, I don't know how you get there. Waiting in line too long? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, but I have to wonder right now, um, how long it's going to take, you know, they, they, they get this guy that uh, was shooting up the synagogue and they take him into the emergency because uh, he had been wounded and he's screaming, kill the Jews and all that and the doctors working on him are Jewish. I, I wonder how long before it starts retaliating, how many events we have to go through. Yeah. I mean, on, so here's the thing, is that these events make big news and it makes it seem like it's happening all over the place, right? But we have to understand that in a country of 350 million people, you're going to have a handful of violent, bad actors, you know? So a lot of people are blaming Trump for this, but I mean, I blame Trump for things that Trump's responsible for. I blame Trump for his rhetoric. I blame Trump for being... You know, for pushing conspiracy theories, I blame him for engaging in a lot of, you know, false and bad ideas and engaging in, you know, bad policy. Um, but I don't want to blame him for the actions of other people. You know, I will blame those bad actors for their own actions. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, no, you know, last thing I want to do is to have this guy go on trial and get off because he says, well, I was just following the orders of my president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I agree. These people, if you're nuts enough to go and uh, shoot up a, a gay club or a, a school or a church or, uh, you know, a Waffle House, no matter what it is, uh, you can't really blame uh, the, the rhetoric or the reading that that person's done to make himself go that way or herself. Um, if they have a problem, they have a problem. There's a difference between speech and killing. And, uh, yeah, you can't blame any. I've heard that also. There are a lot of people complaining about that online, you know, with, you know, he is a Trump supporter. He's, you know, it's, it's all Trump. And then you get that with uh, someone like that. Vegas guy was a Bernie Sanders supporter. You know, it's his fault. And, uh, you know, neither one is correct. It's just, it's the person doing the job. Yeah. Um, And so I was thinking back in time, like we have had instances where you haven't had this sort of rhetoric in the government, um, but you've had people commit violence. So, I mean, you, you had um, Timothy McVeigh, right? And he was responding to government actions, but he wasn't responding to government um, rhetoric, right? So, you know, people can respond to different things, and it's not necessarily the case that Trump's rhetoric is going to drive people more or less to do violent things. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's not... It's not it's not a good atmosphere. It's just not good for a leader to speak the way he does. But yeah, so I definitely agree with that. I mean, it's, just, <clears throat> you know. it's just when what, it's tough to draw the line between that and you know what some nut does down in Florida. Right. So yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a there's a different step to it. You know. Um, so and what what conspiracies is there anything coming out of the the actual uh, synagogue shooting? Like, was it made up or false flags? Is there any of that stuff coming out? I didn't hear a lot about that. And I think part of the reason, um, and I'm sure if I went on Twitter, I could find somebody saying something that he's, you know, the guy's an MK Ultra or something like that. (laughs) Um, But I think the reason is when the event happens and the person is caught right away and their motives seem fairly clear, you don't get a lot of the conspiracy speculation started right so a good example of this was the malaysian airliner that disappeared there you have months of people not knowing what happened so that allowed a space to open up where people could just say whatever they wanted so you had people on cnn saying oh was it a black hole (laughs) (laughs) you know and there was an expert that said well if it was a black hole we'd all be dead you know (laughs) (laughs) you gotta love it gotta love it now, 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 uh, one thing that happened, I don't know if you've heard about in NYU, um, one of our previous guests, um, I've told him he can by all means uh, call in and talk about it, uh, but he's a professor at NYU. He's been in some controversial spots himself. His name's Michael Rechtenwald, and he did that Snowflakes, Springtime for the Snowflakes book. Well, he um, invited Milo to come do a uh, 
speech and speak in front of his class. And, and how did that go? <laughs> it didn't. In fact, um, you know, all these people were picketing and protesting and, and you know, the whole the whole gamuts there. Everyone's upset and fighting and throwing at each other. And so the university, um, yesterday actually when I was talking to Michael, um, canceled it. They said, we've canceled this event. This is not happening. So wow. it's not happening. So Michael's uh, wrote a... Uh, resp <clears throat> response, of course, to the uh, um, to the press that uh, his intention was not um, to to cause all this trouble, and 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 you know he had a a real reason to do this. Um, you know, it wasn't just for the show or the uh, you know all the press. Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm sort of in the middle on that. Um, well, I'll tell you this, and so I do a class um, that's a large class here, and uh, I invite uh, guest speakers every week. So right. so I try to get as big name people as I possibly can, and we've had people on the left, right. We've had controversial people, so we've had Roger Stone come in a few times. Um. And I did invite Milo once, um, in 2016, in fact, um, to come to come to the class, and I was close to getting him, but his, his, he just didn't have a very good staff, so they weren't able to to put it together. I mean, to his credit, Milo does these events for free, um, and I would have had him in a classroom, which would have been closed off to other people. It wouldn't have been a public event, um, but. You know, I think he did try to do a public event here and the university um, was concerned about the security issues about it because he is a, pro a provocateur. Um, and in some ways, you know, my view of Milo is it's interesting to hear what he has to say because he's become so provocative. But I don't think he adds anything that's that's that, you know, new or original it's just his delivery that is sort of the, the um, you know, the thing that makes people want to bring him in. I, I'm just wondering, but what's your criteria when you bring in a guest speaker like that? What what is it that you want from that guest speaker, um, and and how do you choose them? So I teach political science, but I'm not a practitioner, and I'm not an activist. And I'm not an official. So what I try to do um, every two years in my big big election course is to bring in the people who are doing the politics. Um, so so we will often we bring in all the local candidates. We'll bring in campaign managers. We'll bring in you know group activists and uh, former politicians. So from across the board. So so the students can get like a view of. You know, what's it like to do it? What's the view from the inside? So so my criteria is people who do it. That's my criteria. And, um, I mean, obviously, you know, I would not bring in people who are too radical um, or wild, um, particularly if I didn't think that they would add much just beyond their being radical. Um but but something like Milo in 2016, it was a different thing for him then because he was 
in all the major news outlets. And it would have been neat to hear what he had to say. Um, now I think there isn't, you know, I don't think there's anything unique that he has to say at this point. Or maybe I'm just missing. missing. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sing it, so. Right. Yeah. Well, um, so first of all, Mayor de Blasio requested that Milo NYU appearance be postponed over security issues. And then Michael Rechtenwald, who invited him, his statement was... Um, that he wanted to point out, uh, while Milo is blamed for the threat to public safety, leftist protesters are the ones who pose the actual danger with their pro uh, their pro violent nature. Um, so, I, I you know I, the, the, my question was. And I did that in when he was talking to a lot of other people. Uh, Michael online was, um, why would you choose to have Milo on? Um, what 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 is the exact point? Like, what was it? You just wanted the controversy. Is it that you want this sort of interaction? Like, where where is the the end game here? What is it you want to get from Milo? Well, I, here's the thing. I think the first point's absolutely right. I mean, it's not like Milo's showing up and posing a security concern, and it's not like Milo's supporters are posing a security concern. Right. It's the people who want to shut Milo down. It's it, you know, and and to me, that's crazy and dangerous because it's it's like somebody's speaking somewhere. Well, so what? You know, get on with your day. You know, if you, if you don't like them, then then go speak somewhere else. I mean, the antidote to bad speech is more speech. The antidote to, to bad speech is better speech. It's not, you know, speech restrictions. It's not threats of violence. Um, so I, I, I agree with, you know, with Brechtenwald on that point, absolutely. 
Um, I guess you'd have to ask him why he would want Milo in, but I mean, he is a, a newsworthy character and, you know, if you can get that in a classroom and let students interrogate him, I mean, I think there's something to be learned there. Well, it's just that the assault come back on the, on the Facebook, you know, when I was on there talking, the assault about, um, um, uh, toward me that, um, um, saying that it was a leftist that the, okay the universities are all leftists they get to say and do what they want they're in complete control you never want to speak secondary to a to a college professor if you're not left you'll never get your degree um <laughs> and all this because i said i because my opinion here is i think it's a pretty low standard to for NYU to have Milo speak, period. And in my point of view, it's only because uh, he holds no degrees, he, he has done nothing impactful, or he hasn't, he, you know, because people were, then they said, well, what about Bill Gates or, or Jobs, Steve Jobs and stuff? And it's like, well, they created something that was very impactful on human life. They did something. Their, so their degree status isn't isn't as important as the accomplishments they made, and um, a lot of people took that as um, well. First of all, people started uh, putting me down, <laughs> saying that uh, you know what have you done, and what good are you? And it's like, well, I I'm I'm not getting into that. I I spent eight years in university. I have a master's degree, a bachelor, and an honorary doctorate, and I've written nine books. That's all I can put out there. But I'm not saying I'm worthy of him having me come to the university and speak. Um, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that why wouldn't you put someone on that has um, something that they can bring to the table? And, if, and, and my question was, what is it about Milo that you want to put him on for your class, and, and nobody would could give me an answer to that. Well, I mean, as a as a professor who books guests frequently, I mean, I I feel like I enjoy total freedom with that, and I want to keep that, and that's important to me. So I I wouldn't second guess Rechtenwald's choice. I mean, he's teaching the class; he knows what they're talking about, and it's it should be up to him um, what he what you know, ideas he brings in, you know, and, and the funny thing is, I mean, he could get a Milo, he can go to YouTube, pull up any of the thousands of videos of Milo, play it in class, right? And the ideas are still going to get there, but it'd be better to do it in person where you can interrogate and challenge and push back on his ideas. And, and maybe that's the case. He wanted the students to sort of see a provocateur up close and, and have the opportunity to interact um, and push against it. You know, um, but you'd have to ask him. Um, it's just, you know, we could name names of great people we could bring into the classroom, like Steve Jobs or Bill Gates, but they're not coming to my classroom. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm stuck with who I can get, right? Yeah, of course. Um, so I mean, I mean, here I, I'm lucky at UM. We have very good stature, and we can we we ask people, and we get very good people. So, um, but I will tell you, we had Anna Navarro um, and Ruben Navarrete, two very um, prominent political commentators. I, I emceed an event with them Monday night and 
Um, I did get a handful of angry letters um, from people on the right, and even and even though the two guests are Republicans, they're not Trump supporters, but they're Republicans. Um, we got angry letters saying that they were fake news and that all they do is spew venom, and you know I shouldn't have them. Okay, well I had them, and um, that's that. And and a couple of weeks before that, we had a, a more left-wing speaker, and we invited people from the community, and we got angry emails about that. So it doesn't matter who you invite. Someone's going to be upset, and they're going to say that you're biased, and you only bring in that sort of people, and you're trying to brainwash the kids right before the election. And, you know, none of it's true. So um, that's yeah. my world. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and that's 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 exactly it. You, you can't make your decisions based on – because not everyone's going to like everything you do and everyone you have. Um, no, I, and what's unfortunate is I am fine with them not liking it. I would prefer that they come and engage and challenge ideas they don't like and perhaps learn from ideas that they don't like. Um, but it is a sign of the times where, you know, you bring in somebody, a speaker that someone doesn't like, and the accusation is you're trying to brainwash people, you're biased, you only do this from one side, and I would never listen to what that person has to say. Yeah. And it's just it just shows you that people don't, you know, there's a subset of people that just don't want to listen to each other. And it would be nice if they had some self-awareness. You, you know, it reminds me of when I was young. Um, when I was taking piano lessons, <laughs> and and um, the my my teacher uh, said to me, "Listen, you have to start listening to things that you never listen to. You have to start um, being aware of different types of music. So uh, on your radio." Don't listen to any of the stations you always listen to. The one or two that you're always listening to, and that are not allowed. Listen to every other station, and each station for a day, and then come back to me, and we'll continue the lessons. And um, and what she was doing, and I didn't realize this when I was young, was she was opening my ears and my eyes up to different types of music or different ways of playing, different feelings behind songs and uh, I ended up learning a lot more and being a much better player and getting a getting a master's degree in music only because of that lesson I got from her way back in the 1960s <laughs> I have to say that low yeah so um, I had the same exact journey like I I was a musician for a long time played drums took lessons for years um, did band camp <laughs> and and my teachers, so I didn't like jazz. I didn't like anything. I only liked Def Leppard. Right. Um, which I, uh, just on a side note, they have been nominated for the Hall of Fame, so please vote for them. They deserve to have been in 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, but I said, I only, I only want to play Def Leppard. And the music teacher said, no, you've got to learn all this other stuff. And because of that, I became... You know, much more well-rounded and had a big toolbox of different things to draw on that I could do, and it made me different and unique. And you know, like I'm on a college campus, it's absolutely true that most of professors are left of center, and it's a weird environment for me because I'm not. But I learn from it because I get to interact with these people, and you know, they have different ideas than me, but I can learn from their ideas and I can engage and. 
Um, if I just shut it all out, I mean, I'm not going to learn. And I don't have to be, I don't have to agree with someone to learn from them. Exactly. And that's why, you know, I, I will say, but when you, that's a subject I really want to touch off on this. And is in the u- university, in the world of academia, yeah, it is centered to the left. It is more left leaning in general. But in my, in my years there, I was never, um, swayed to go either way. I, I don't know if that makes sense because one of the big attacks on my Facebook here was with Michael, not from him, but his his followers, was that uh, you you have to these these leftists make the decision on who gets a degree or not, and the reason Milo wasn't able to get a degree was because he wasn't left. Hmm. I don't find that I did not in my in in my opinion and in my school years. That never happened to me, and I never saw it happen to anybody else. No, I was a Republican all the way through my schooling. Right. I mean, I'm a libertarian. I'm a libertarian now, but I was a Republican the whole time and made no bones about it. And um, and you were able I, to get your degree. Yeah, I got my got three degrees, no problem. And you know, I was never obnoxious about it. I mean, I didn't pick fights with people. And, you know, most of my, most, but not all of my professors were on the left. But the majority of them, I could not tell when I was in their classes. I, 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 I could have guessed one way or the other and not, and not have been entirely sure where their loyalties lied. Um, you know, and with me, I'm very up, I'd rather be upfront with my students and I say, listen, I'm a libertarian. You're going to see this in, in the way I talk and approach issues, but I'm never going to make you parrot my ideas or repeat them back to me on an exam or agree with me in any way. Um, I say, I'm going to give you a point of view that you don't see a lot in your other classes or on campus. Um, you know, and, and I want you to react to it. You can, you can agree, you can disagree. And I tell them if they disagree, that's more fun because then we have more to talk about. Right. If we all agreed, I'd fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, you disagree, you get a pipe bomb. No, but, yeah. <laughs> well, this is sort of the area that I, I'm, I was speaking to. I was saying this, and then I got told, no, you must have been, I, I, I got some pretty harsh names. But basically, I was I was in the, in the in crowd and bought and paid for. You had to be, you couldn't get through and you couldn't get a degree if you were right, right-sided. And it's like, well, no, I I never saw that happen, and never, and I knew a lot of people, and even when I was marking uh, reports for professors when I was working for my masters, I I never got that feeling. I never heard that. It's it's just I never thought about people left right actually. Um, so I'm really confused on that. I I don't believe in that sort of thing going on. And that's sort of what they've tied it into. And the other big tie-in was that it's only the left that are violent. Now, I mean, here's one thing I will say, is that I don't know if that's true, but I will say that that there are a lot of left-wing protests that we've seen lately. Yeah. And and some of it has been violent, and some of it should, should have been covered and exposed more than it has been. Right. Um. 
that's not to say that they're more violent, but that's to say that some of the behaviors they've engaged in recently are counterproductive and bad and frighten me because I'm really in favor of free speech and never in favor of using force to shut down speech, no matter how bad it is. Always counteract bad speech with good speech. And, and over time, the good speech will win. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but in the point of companies like like some of the social companies like Google or um, yeah, Facebook, any of those ones, if they do not want to have certain types of speech, do you think they're allowed? Yeah, absolutely. It's their own company, private company. They can do what they want, but they've opened up a can of worms that I don't think they have even <laughs> that they can even understand yet. Right. So, so I would understand when you say, okay, we're not going to allow threatening behavior. Okay. That's a good community standard. And, um, if we find out that something is, you know, libelous or slanderous, um, you know, as determined in a court, then, you know, we're going to take it down or something like that. But, um, saying, you know, we're going to get rid of fake news or, you know, how are they going to determine what's true and what isn't? How are they going to determine, you know, which are the okay conspiracy theories to keep on and which ones to get rid of? Are we going to get rid of all conspiracy theories? I mean, that and that's a very dangerous idea. I mean, as much as, you know, a lot of them are, you know, most of them are wrong, I would never want to say we would get rid of all of them because they're a very important thing to have. We should always be questioning sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then who's going to have the power? And, and what frightens me, and not to sound too conspiratorial, but you have the Congress calls all these, you know, the Twitter and Facebook folks up in front of them, threatens them, says we're going to take over and run you like a utility. And now they've essentially co-opted these companies to start taking down speech that isn't just conspiracy theories, but that is anti-establishment and anti-government. You know, and it, it, that's, you know, the Internet has democratized the news and social media has democratized the news. I don't want the government getting in there and telling them, no, certain things you shouldn't have. And, you know, do I really want to have a cozy relationship between Facebook, Twitter and Congress? And the answer is no. <laughs> right, right. It defeats the purpose. Um yeah, it's just I, I I just don't know where they'll draw the line. I don't know where you could draw the line. What is um, just pure freedom and what is offensive? And the other thing is, too, are they going to allow all this goofy pseudoscience stuff to float around there? You know, because, you, you know, a lot of that is conspiracy theory. A lot of it's dangerous. Um, and some of that should be taken down. You know, and are they going to start policing that too? Are they going to start policing everything? And then if we're going to do it to Twitter and Facebook, then are we going to do it to our newspapers and our cable news? Do we want to regulate everything? I mean, I, I, I just, I'm frightened of the day in which we say that that's all right, but it seems to be the space in which, you know, the extremes on both sides want to move in. And the government is more than happy to capitalize that, on that to increase their own power and control. Yeah, you know, I don't know. And and how would how would you regulate uh, 
pseudoscience, like uh, kind of the BS science, the, the world is flat. And uh, I mean, I'm absolutely against all that stuff, but I would never say ban it. I would never say that. I, I always say let the ideas battle it out. You know, and if people want to make terrible decisions for themselves, you know, to, to one degree or another, let them. I mean, I don't want to use force to stop people from doing dumb stuff. Um, but, 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 but doesn't it concern you when things like when, when, when things like oh, the flat earthers and, and things like we've never been to the moon uh, <laughs> become huge, huge, very impactful, 100,000 people joining groups, and mm. then they start representing themselves in what gets taught at school and that you see that with evolution and and uh you know uh predetermined you know like god or was it evolution and um and teaching the bible because you can't teach history without the bible so you start getting all these uh, this talk uh, it, so again how how do we decide what is good and what isn't well that's a different question yeah <laughs> You know what's good and what isn't is difficult, but it's but that seems to be the question that the that these social media companies are trying to ask themselves, and um, it's not one that they can easily answer. I mean, I like to leave science books, you know, in the hands of scientists, um, you know. But in terms of social media, if the idea is to let everyone say their piece, then let everyone say their piece, and the best ideas will win out. And yes. People will make bad decisions and they'll believe goofy things, and that's nothing new. Um, but over time, I think the right ideas went out. And I just don't want to set up a system where somebody decides for me what I can hear and can't hear. Um, because none of us are going to be happy with those decisions. Right. So the recent uh, taking down of Gab, good thing or bad thing? I don't like, well, I just don't know enough about it, yeah. um, but I'm generally against taking things down, um, but, well, but I'll, I'll, I'll have to look into it more. Well, Gab was basically a, a mini Facebook that you would join, and there was no restriction on on your terms or vo you know voice or words you used, so... So why was it taken down? It was well because oh, first of all, the guy that uh, um, uh, uh, took out the synagogue belonged to it. So when oh. they went to the the site, they realized that this site. See, because you could basically we could be members on there. We could go on and we could post things and say anything. There was no restriction. So I could say, you know, uh, you know, uh, Polish people are. <laughs> aliens then they sleep with dogs and have children and uh, you know i could really basically say anything and and of course that's that in itself is kind of laughable but what happened was there were plenty of places including where the synagogue bomber had written himself about how much he disliked uh you know jewish people and in not in a nice way so this this is a, a site that protects that complete freedom of speech that's how they market themselves come on here and say what you like and um, well here's the thing part of being in favor of free speech means that you protect the speech that is absolutely disgusting and everyone hates right and and so 
you know, I despise that sort of speech, and the guy's an idiot, and he did a horrible thing. Um, but with that said, I mean, I, I, you know, picking and choosing what we can and can't say eventually comes back and bites you in the rear end because at some point there's going to be something you want to say that they won't let you say. Because the mechanism is you're saying to government, we want you to put people in jail for things they say. Yeah. And once they have that, once that door's open, then they get to pick and choose what they want. And and today it'll be one thing, and the next day it'll be a whole bunch of other things. Right, right. And I think I think things like that. I think they should be perhaps um, labeled, not not as in um, restrictions and stuff. But I think when you know that you're going to join a group called Gab, this this is what we do. So if you don't like this, leave or don't join. Well, There's, you know, the funny thing is you can go out in a public park and say whatever racist stuff you want. Right. And that's absolutely pr- pr- protected. They can't put any speech re- restrictions on something like that, right? So if the Klan wants to march, they can march. Yeah. Um, so why we would say you can't do this on the Internet is, you know, it's just sort of, you know, well, it's beyond me. Do it. I think we should be able to do it, but I think it has to be notified that this is what it is. Like, we don't want just our 12-year-old jumping on and then reading all this really adult stuff. Um, I don't know, and I don't even know how you would do it. Well, I mean, let's get, unless, you know, if, if the homepage of Gab says, hey, listen, we have a lot of free speech in here, so we're going to recommend the kids not come in. I guess that's fine with me. Right. I mean, yeah. just like porn sites, you know, you have to say you're, you're 18 or whatnot. Not that I know, but... Uh, no, of course not. <laughs> well, I think that's sort of it. What I'm saying is there should be a minor, major level. This is kind of adult talk. This isn't. We're not talking Barbie here. Yeah, I fine. mean, I don't know. I just, I, I just the only thing I can see. Um, but you know, hey, because I think in some ways trying to squash it only makes it worse, and it's oh, it better to have it out there to engage it. And to destroy it and to show it for the garbage that it is, rather than to use force against it, drive it underground, and then have it come out in in some worse and perhaps more violent way. I mean, you only play, I mean, sometimes I think you only play into these people's hands because then their thing is that, hey, I'm a martyr. I mean, my ideas are so amazing and real that the government has to shut them down it just only shows how true true they are right yeah um but i don't know i you know i I, that's the thing is that i'm in favor of free speech i don't know if there's a policy a magic policy that would solve these problems i don't know how you you know because you're all you're doing is banning the speech you're not changing the person's mind yeah oh i agree totally well joe we're come to the end of the time it's another great day um, um, always love talking to you and, and next week uh, the next couple of weeks looks like we're going to get some great guests lined up to join our conversation about um, end times <laughs> 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 well hopefully we bring some logic to it by having Joe and, and sometimes a guest and, and people it brings up conversation and uh, that's what we want to do well, if we're still here next week and the 
<laughs> I think so, because right? I think we're we're not being outrageous. I think we're just talking about, you, you know, you you've got great points of view. You're, well, you're, I'm talking about the apocalypse. So. Oh well, no, that's <laughs> please. It's never going to end. <laughs> the whole point of life is to make us suffer. <laughs> Enjoy the suffering. <laughs> Well, Joe, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. See you next week. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.